Welcome to the Boston's Big Four podcast. New news about music and sports every week, sometimes. All right, we're back. Episode 102. No, this is four. All, I was, was guessing. Deliberate. I think that was deliberate. Yeah, you, you knew. You knew I was guessing. Yeah. All right. 104 of Boston's Big Podcast. We have a very special guest with us. Zakia is here. Hey. Hip-hop artist, opera singer, uh, songwriter, actress, arts activist, racial equality and social impact consultant. I got that from your website. <laughs> like, wow, you got all the titles on there. <laughs> Wow. I had to make sure I covered everything because there's a lot there. <laughs> That's a lot to take in. Yeah, um, before it gets down to it. We yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not cutting any corners here. That's right. So you do a lot, obviously. Um, yeah. New single out now. Mm-hmm. Rise with a video as well. Yeah. Um, first video you've put out or first song you put out in a while, right? A couple of years. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. The pandemic slowed things down a bit, but I'm glad to be out in the world again. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> the pandemic definitely threw a wrench in everyone's plans, but yeah. Yeah. But we're here. We're thriving. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Back at it. Back at it. Yep. Like I never left. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's how it feels. I was surprised at how quickly things kind of like jumped straight back into it. It wasn't like like, oh, we'll do a little bit. I, I'm sure some places did, but I just felt like immediate once it was like, hey, we can go out again. Everyone was out again. Was oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. My perspective. Yeah. But I was People I were sick no of being inside. Weird. Exactly. Yeah. I was I was worried that I'd still be germaphobia once we came back, but I'm not doing everything. <laughs> germaphobia. Yeah. yeah. It's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good news for venues because I've noticed people are not shy to go to shows now, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Have you have you performed? I know we have there's like a limited hip hop catalog for now. Um, but have you performed your any of your hip hop songs yet anywhere in Boston? Oh, oh yeah. Um I did a show recently at the Museum of Science. Um yes. which is yes, really cool. Show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Shades yeah. of Black show. And it was all my music, but it was almost it, it felt a lot like a almost like a theatrical production of sorts um, because they had asked me to come and do also like a a talking piece, a discussion piece about decolonizing museums. And so I decided to take my performance piece and have that same theme. And so I pretended that I was this ancient African artifact telling a story and then I got to use my music to do that. And I also showed some previews of music that isn't out yet. So Wow. So is this, yeah. is this on YouTube? I didn't get to watch it. It looked like it was over an hour, right? The whole thing's on YouTube, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm definitely going to have to check out the whole thing. Yeah, and if it's going to yeah. stay up on YouTube, listeners, go check it out. Or yes, it'll be up there. Anytime soon, we'll come check you out live. That would be – I it, I haven't seen it yet, but that sounds amazing, the, uh, the live uh, figurine sort of thing. I mean, I'm not yeah. trying – I'm already sort of picturing it. I, that's, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Try to be creative as much as possible. So how did that come about? Um, so how did that come about? Okay, funny story. Um, I had did a little mini lecture series 
for this online program called the Cultural Equity Learning Community that teaches everybody about equity and such. And so I did a lecture for them. They invite different people to do things. And someone, I guess, from the Museum of Science who does their performances and gets their performers, they saw my lecture um, that also talked about hip opera and they reached out to me. Now, the funny thing about that story is they reached out to me in my personal email um, in July of 2020, and I did not see it till a year later. Oh, wow. And I was in my feelings. That huh? sounds like that sounds like something that would happen to me. I probably did this to somebody. <laughs> the only reason I saw it literally was because I got overwhelmed by my personal inbox and I'm like, I need to start going in here and deleting yeah, stuff. Yeah, like 7,000 emails. I almost deleted it because the headline didn't look like, it looked like spam, it didn't look like something that was for me. And then I opened the email, saw what they wanted me to do and what the money was offering. I was like, my heart like dropped. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I reached out to them from my business email and I'm like, hey, this is the right email to use. I'm sorry I missed you. Then they're like, that's okay. We still love to have you this year. So yeah. That's the right way like, to handle it. They had the wrong email. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And we're, we're going to cut that part out. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, yeah. We'll keep it do what all you got to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do what you got to do. I understand. <laughs> So I love hip hopper, by the way. I just want to give you big props on that. That was my introduction. Jack and I both were introduced to you through that. And through was, Ron. Yes, through Ron. Shout out Ron first. Shout out New England Mike Check. New England Mike Check Radio. Shout out the weekend takeover and shout out our show on the weekend takeover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, when we were we were first showing your music, we were immediately looking for more and we're like, oh my gosh, this is just the beginning right now. So yeah, I super excited. And I did want to ask you though, um, so it's super unique, I think, and I, you could, there may be others. Who's doing opera and hip hop? I don't know of any others. I was going to ask the same question because I don't know of any others. And where so did opera come from? Like how did well, you get, get into opera? So, so that's an interesting question. I was, so there's a, there's a local school, Boston Arts Academy that I was looking to audition for. And I was looking for a voice teacher to help me with my audition. And the voice teacher that I found wound up being an opera singer. And at the time I had absolutely no interest in opera. I kind of just fell into it. And when I started actually going to BAA and I started singing the way my voice teacher taught me to sing, everybody started calling me an opera singer. And I still wasn't quite interested in it until I realized how different it was and how it got people's attention. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you sing opera? Because, you know, when people see me, they automatically assume like R&B or something like that. And then you say opera and then it's like their eyes light up yeah. and me being the Leo that I am. I like that. So, <laughs> so I, think, I think that's initially what kind of kept me going with it. Um, but I, I, I noticed I couldn't really relate to a lot of the music and I found the stories to be kind of just outdated and like, I couldn't mm -hmm. see any of this happening now. I don't understand where I see myself in the story. And because I listened to hip hop and loved hip hop, 
what I started doing was just remixing songs on the radio. And at first it was just for fun. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere, rocking everywhere, rocking everywhere. It was just a funny thing I used to do with my friends. They'd be like, oh, I was like, yeah, remix this, remix that. But I didn't realize it was the beginning of something that would be an inevitable part of my artistry. And yeah. now I could not imagine my life without it. That's incredible. <laughs> so you've, you've invented your own genre, basically, hip hop. <laughs> well, you know something? I actually have discovered um, a couple of others. The interesting thing is that nobody's approach is the same. Um, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a guy that we both follow each other. He does hip hop, Baba Tunde, his name is, on Instagram. Um, and his approach to hip hop was completely different than mine because he... The way he he uses his music, he kind of uses like classical music as the foundation and then throws hip hop on top. And I kind of do the opposite. I use the hip hop as the foundation and throw in some operatic stuff in there. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it, it, it sounds, our, our sounds are very different. And so that just kind of like lets me know that there's room for everyone, you know, to, to, to be themselves. They're our true authentic selves. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, of course, yeah, everyone, there's room for everybody to eat. We always say that in these areas and with all the different creative styles, it's, it's sort of hard to say, like, you're doing it different from me. So it's not my style. It's not the same style. They're very similar, just different. Yeah. Flavors. Just in hip hop alone right now, there's so many different styles. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No two hip hop artists sound. Well, I'm not going to say no two hip hop artists sound the same. Yeah. There, are some <laughs> there are a lot of people copying each other. Yeah. But, but they don't have. They don't have to. <laughs> there's plenty. Every couple of years, there's someone who comes out with like a new sound that you haven't heard before, and then they start the new wave. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. the next, the next wave is hip hop. We're waiting That's for that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Except it's not a wave. It's here, baby. It's here. It's here. <laughs> so talk about yeah. the new single, Rise. Um, yeah, your first so, one in a while. So that must have yeah, felt good to time. to get something out after oh, all that yeah. time. Oh, yeah, it felt really good. Um, the interesting thing about Rise is Rise was written, oh, child, Rise was written about three years ago. <laughs> really? Okay. Yes, it's a, wow. long, it's a long story. Uh, Ron and I, both being the perfectionists that we are, um, we started working on the song. I wrote it actually pretty quickly, but we kept going back and forth on the music part of it. And then when we realized we were like buttonheads, we had to sit it down for a little while and come back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's essentially what happened. Um, but I'm so glad with, you know, the trajectory of, of, of where it went. We didn't know. And so we stuck with it. Um, but essentially, the song is a response to everything that we see happening in the world right now, particularly what happened during the pandemic with George Floyd and police brutality and all those issues and really, you know, um, but you wrote it before that. I did. Correct. Honestly, yeah. I don't I don't even remember because there's been so many. I don't even remember what which incident I was responding to. I know it's hard to um, even remember at this point. It's, sad. it's hard to keep track. I think I can't breathe, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. might have been yeah. um I think it might have been it could have been Orlando Castile or somewhere around that time it was a while ago but I remember yeah. seeing it and being angry about it and needing to process my emotions and naturally um 
I, I wrote a song. And mm -hmm. one thing I'm so grateful for with hip hop that I really can't seem to embody with opera alone is that sometimes I just want space to be angry and aggressive and there are angry opera songs, but it doesn't feel the same. <laughs> are they are they really angry though? Like I can't picture opera being angry. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. you know something funny. One of one aria that I used to perform a lot that was an angry aria. People love it and, and thought it was such a cute song because right. it had it had like these these high notes and <laughs> all this all this like stuff going like this way. And I'm like, um, actually, this is a song about a uh, mother telling her daughter to kill her father. Oh man! So, <laughs> but, it's pretty but dark. it doesn't feel like that because it's <laughs> yeah. so like. You know, so I'm like, no, I need to really express my emotion here. So yeah. that was, was the perfect, perfect avenue for that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense. I think that's something I've always liked about rap is it allows you to like be aggressive. It's like acceptable to just like be angry, you know? Yeah. 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 You can, you can carry a wide range of emotions to like, yeah, if I'm feeling myself, so, and I oh, want to be a little cocky. <laughs> exactly. There's rap for, for a lot of different emotions. I feel like others, a lot of other genres, they only kind of fit one mood, whereas rap yeah. can fit like a, a lot of different moods. Yeah, exactly. Which is what I love. Yeah. 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 And with gl glazing that hip hop with opera as well adds like a level of elegance to that too. Mm. Which like, it's, uh, it's, it allows you to put the aggression in through the hip hop, but keeping like the you know, this is there's there's some class here. I mean, yeah. Class yeah. In hip hop, but this is like the opera has like like you were saying with the other guy, uh, Baba. I'm sorry, it was Baba Tunde. Baba Tunde. Mm -hmm. Baba Tunde got you. So he uh, has more of the classic foundation, and then adds things on top of it. Where you have the hip hop foundation, you're putting the classic on top of it, which I I think that's the way to go, especially like if you're for marketability and stuff. So yeah, that's that's it's sick. It's sick. Is there like is there a scene of like young opera singers or is that kind of like a thing of the past? I'm, I'm wondering now. There are. Um, actually, I found that um, what I'm doing where we, we kind of mix our music with other things, it's ha happening more and more, not necessarily with hip hop in particular, but just that um, we're finding more and more young opera singers have more of an interest in contemporary music in general. Um, so with that, we might see more genre bending things mm. happening. Whereas I feel like the generation before me, there, there wasn't a lot of that. And I think a lot of people in my generation are recognizing the what's a nice way to say this because this is going to be recorded um <laughs> a lot of people are recognizing that um a lot of the stiffiness of the opera world or the of the classical world doesn't serve us for being innovative in the future um a lot of people in the classical world can be purists and I feel like um, my generation is starting to change that a lot where we're like, oh, we don't really care about your rules. We're going to do what we want Right, to. <laughs> right. But we'll use your music here and there. You know. Right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's, I think that's one reason why it, I, I knew I couldn't just go and be an opera singer. Yeah. I think I'd be happy in that route where everything's pre-written for me. I have to follow a certain rule. I have to sing a certain way all of the time. I feel like I, I would be stifled by that. 
that makes sense. Yeah. And when you started, so I see you got the keys behind you. When you started music, was it singing or was it instruments first? Do you play, you play piano too or? Um, I play well enough to write my songs and to teach because I teach voice as well. Um, but yeah, so I actually started out in terms of performing, I started out as a dancer, um, which actually a lot of people don't know that. So good question. Um, I started out as a dancer doing hip hop and then I started doing ballet and tap and jazz and martyr and all that other stuff. And then, um, I used to sing along to all my parents' music in the house, actually old school R&B, like. Motown and all of that era. Um, and so then I started performing and my brother is pretty much like a rap legend, rip shop, um, especially in the underground scene. And um, I, I grew up listening to him and hearing him rap and also hearing him complain about mainstream rappers that can't rap. And so, <laughs> so I had standards for myself too. Yeah. And the funny thing is I didn't, I didn't always see myself as a rapper. I'm actually still getting used to owning that title, especially having grown up seeing him rap and him being, you know, like he could go, off the top for like centuries and you don't want to hear me go off the top like I just it's not gonna happen but um it's a it is a different skill it's a different skill it's definitely Owen can go off the top I can't yeah (laughs) (laughs) if if I go off the top I'm just gonna go rap about food or something I don't know yeah um but yeah so 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 I think having having him around gave me high standards for myself but also encouraged me to explore that other side of my artistry that I probably wouldn't have explored otherwise so his name is rip shop you said yes I'm looking him up right now (laughs) oh yeah yeah he's very very talented and from Boston right Mm-hmm. Okay. And you said rip shop with a P? The mm-hmm. P. Was it? Oh, okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out. I'll put that on screen. Yes. And then, yeah, yeah. Big shouts. We're, we always do. We're, we always say this. We're trying to do our shout out compilations again. We just. <laughs> so just feel free. Shout out as many people as you'd like during this podcast. Okay. <laughs> we're, we okay. compile them into one small clip or one yeah. large clip of all our shout outs. We got to oh. start doing that again. Yeah. Oh, nice. I like shouting things out. I, yeah. I discover things through shout outs. Yeah. That's it doesn't true. even have to be just people either. You could like shout out a restaurant or anything, like whatever you like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I should have thought about this beforehand. <laughs> my brain is like, who do we shout out? <laughs> That's wow. another thing. Like when we ask people sometimes like their favorite artists or like yeah, shout someone out, they're anybody, like, yeah. they're like, I don't want to name anyone because I'm going to forget somebody and then they're going to get mad at me. So. Oh, you know what? I want to shout out my people in Colombia. Some people don't realize um, this last video rise was shot in Colombia. Oh, wow. I did not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. And so my videographer is from there. He's the same one who did hip opera. Um, And I did a year abroad for a while. Some of that time was in Colombia. And so I worked with different musical groups in each country I was in. And the, 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 the group that I worked with in Colombia worked with him as a videographer. So that's how I got introduced to him. And um, the first time I was doing hip hop, he was 
coming to the States to do a video in New York. And I was like, well, after you're done in New York, you need to come here. And that's how we started working together. And we've been working together ever since. So, so shout out to David Montoya. For, shout um, out. Big shouts. For the dope visuals. Yeah, shout out shout Columbia. Out yeah. yeah. Big shout out Columbia. Where, where in yeah. Columbia did you go? Medellin. Medellin. Oh, man. Como Pablo. That's yeah. so I, I love narcos so I <laughs> yeah everybody talked about that but you know it's actually a lot different now oh I um, yeah yeah no I'm yeah. sure that was like way that, the fact that everyone knows about it now it's got to be over you can't just be, still be running that stuff in the same place 30 yeah. years later <laughs> true yeah. is, exactly. or, or someone else is who knows but yeah no that's so interesting yeah. I always yeah that because uh, Millie's was just in Medellin, he I think he filmed a video out there. Mm-hmm. I, I keep you did, yeah. popping up lately. So oh yeah, because I mean, at this point it's like I'm like, why do I even bother trying to film here? Because if I wanted to do the stuff here that I did in those the the video I filmed at Rise, oh, it would be an arm and a leg. I mean, I was in the fire, I was mm. flying in the air, mm. I was in the water, like. I would, I would have to be P. Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, videos can get up there. We, we've talked about that before, like how you can definitely pull off a lot with a smaller budget, but when you want some of those things, it just gets crazy. Like in the mm-hmm. house budgets, like you're basically buying a house for this music video, which is so fun. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I try to figure out, I try to work smarter instead of harder. Mm-hmm. And um, so once I found that connection and realized that I could, my money could go much farther and I can do a lot more that I wanted to do without breaking the bank, I was like, this is, this is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so I, you mentioned that the, in the performance, you were sort of doing like a live action thing. And I imagine you're, do, did you direct, you choreographed that whole thing with your dance background? Right. And are you doing that with these videos, too? So I imagine you're sort of directing the whole thing. So you have the creative control that way, too. And you're sort of just telling the videographer how you want it to come out. Yeah. So basically, so for the live show I did at the museum, I did hire two dancers and I let them choreograph a lot of it because I was already overwhelmed by the a million other things I had to do with the show. (laughs) But in general, um, when it comes to music videos and stuff, I do write my own video treatments of how I want things to go. The interesting thing is, so, so far between us and the special people of Boston Big Four, um, I've already done five, five videos with this, with this videographer. And Rise, yeah, Rise was the only one that I let him and his art director kind of create the concept for. Um, That was the first time I kind of let go of the reins a little bit. Um, And part of that was that was going to be my first time dealing with his whole team in Columbia and actually being able to be just the artist instead of the producer and the everything running around like a a chicken with my head cut off um and so so I wanted to experience that and it was nice being able to sit back and like just think about my performance and not a million things um but yeah that that was really the only time I I, I did that I I generally do love my creative control over things I think um I definitely had some input on the video of course um yeah. but in terms of final say 
I definitely had the final say. I incorporated some ideas here and there, but the only initial thing that I think I said was about the, the levitating. Um, that was the only thing I knew in general that I wanted to have that in there. <laughs> um, yeah. movies. Exactly. So yeah. you said two of these videos are out. You have five videos in that have already in the clip. As far as projects go, are all these videos part of the same project that's going to drop or are these singles and we're, we got a project coming? Yes, um, you, there's a project coming. They're all connected. Um, okay. They're all, all a right. part of the same project. Um, can we guess the name of the project? Is it <laughs> the name of the project? Um, you can guess, sure. Oh, Oh, we don't man. get any hints. We any just context. we just gotta guess. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I thought you said, "Can we guess the name?" Well, or did no, you... I did say that, but now I realized how big of a task that would be. I don't know. What <laughs> um. So it's a part of it's 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 from my album. My album's called African Import, which has two meanings. One is import, as in importance, and the other is like um, the culture and the body that has been imported so it has a double significance um and so they're they're all a part of the same project um there were <laughs> to give a preview there are two videos that i did that um were a huge undertaking for me that i actually filmed before rise um but they're still being edited because they were such a big undertaking because they're kind of like mini movies almost they have like a whole plot and everything and so back into a song though too it is it's, it's mm. difficult um and the, the the videos are connected so i'm a huge marvel fan and so i had this idea one thing i love about marvel is that all the movies have little nuggets that that tell about other things and so i was like i want my videos to be like that and That's so <laughs> And so um, one of the videos has like an end scene that tells us about to happen in the other video and stuff. I did the most. So I'm excited about that. I don't know yet when those are going to come out because we have to get it just right. We're still tweaking things. Oh, but um, time. Marvel Owen is, years, Owen is yeah. so excited about this. He loves That's Marvel. Like so perfect. I love <laughs> Easter eggs. Love the tidbits. So <laughs> the fact that you took the time to weave these songs together and like people have connected songs, you know, there's it, like albums do do that. But like just the way to compare it like that to Marvel, I know what you're doing now. I see like that's super cool. And it, that's the type yeah. of thing. And we always talk about like re-listenability in your case with these videos, rewatchability. You'll probably find things every time. Like you won't just watch these and understand it. You have to go back and see like, oh, wow, that thing was also in the corner of that other shot in the previous one i'm sure i i haven't seen these things yet except for rise and uh and hip hopper but yeah i'm excited this is fun this well hip hopper i hadn't had that idea yet, so you're not so gonna that see one doesn't weave in that one doesn't weave in i hadn't had that on my mind yet so okay. i'll just be like she's in the hall so that means that this is part of like this other place <laughs> <laughs> just overanalyzing <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah, there will be Reddit yeah. threads for this, though. I know it. <laughs> so yeah. when can we expect I, the I, next release? Uh, I'm looking at January. I don't think it makes sense for me to release anything right now during the holidays. Everybody's going to be looking yeah. for Christmas music and stuff. Um, 
And so I don't have any Christmas songs right now. So no, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely looking at uh January. Okay. Yeah. Start Toward the year off with a bang. Yeah, yeah. Start it off with a bang. So how much do you pay attention to like the local hip hop scene, like the Boston hip hop scene and what's going on right now? Um, you know, um there's a lot of like a lot of talent, obviously, and a lot of great female rappers with Oompa and Dutch Rebel and like the list goes on. So I was just wondering if you're if you're into that scene at all. Yeah, um, love Oompa, love uh, Billy Dean Thomas. Um, yeah. there's, there's quite a few. I actually am working on a song with Billy Dean. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I have so many artists that I that I admire and I learn from. Um, <laughs> I have a friend, but I can only think of his name, name, and not his artist name. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say his name, name like that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, no, that there's so much talent in the Boston scene. I I admit that I'm late to the game paying attention to it. I'm just now like really starting to to learn more, especially with my brother being older, too. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) um, I feel like, you know, his his generation, because he's like the generation before us, if I'm get, yeah. guessing y'all ages right, assuming y'all are my age, um, which you don't, we ain't going to say that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, we don't like to tell our age either. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, so there are a lot of people like in the underground scene from, from his time. And so I'm trying to get better at like paying attention to what the people around me are are doing and learning from them because there's oof, there's a whole pool of talent mm-hmm. that that um, really needs to be pushed and recognized for sure. Absolutely. So how did the Billy Dean Thomas connection come about? Um, how did that connection come about? Um, I'm pretty sure I sought them out. <laughs> yeah. I think I was... We, f- we were following each other on Instagram because Instagram is how you connect with people these days. Yep. Um, and I remember there was a specific song for my album that I wanted to make that had a specific theme that I thought that they could um, lend their voice to and um, have a lot to say about. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were so down to earth, so excited about it. Um, just such a gentle, sweet soul. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't heard their part yet. They've heard my part. I haven't okay. heard their part. So we're waiting on that. We're waiting on that. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have any shows like booked right now? Can we see you live any anytime soon? Um, not really. Um, the holiday season is always tricky because people are looking specifically for holiday specific shows. Um, so things will probably kick up for me again in the new year and from then on, but I will promise to keep all of my, uh, all of my shows, all on my social media, on my website, all that good stuff so that everybody knows. I, I'm really in the studio now and writing more than anything um, and working. So doing all the things that you said in my, in my numerous titles. <laughs> that was- you got a lot of titles. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. based on that list of titles, I'd say you probably have a pretty busy schedule. So, you oh know, yeah, you get, the, you get to the shows when you get there. I do, I do, yeah. But I, I am in conversation with some institutions about creating some new shows that um that I'm excited about. So when those when we have dates for those, y'all will know. I promise. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned you were a vocal teacher as well. Do you mm-hmm. have any like? I, I imagine this is like good practice for you too, because they always say like teaching is just a best. Uh, sometimes the best way to refine your skills to teach mm-hmm. somebody else. Um, so I imagine that's solidified a lot of those practices with you. Is there uh, like, are there any students that you see and you just know like this kid's going to be talented and like, are you trying to build them up to that space? Oh yeah. Um, I, so I, I teach at Harvard. I teach um, the students at Harvard. No big and, deal. And <laughs> no big deal. And um, it's, it's an age group that I love working with um, because they're at a place where they have an idea of what they want to do, even if they don't know exactly how to get there. And so I get to work with students on not just their vocal performance, but also their the, the development of their artistry. So I have students that I work with on their songwriting as well. And um, it is so cool to see what happens when you encourage people to get out of their own way. Because I feel like a lot of times that's what lessons is about. Um, more than anything, it's just like the, the habits that we developed that kind of create obstacles for ourselves. Um, and you just have to, as the teacher, remove those obstacles so they can see what they have to offer and, and bring that light out. So every time I see a student have an aha moment, it's just so fulfilling for me and teaches me too, as I go. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And how long have you been doing that? Oh, just, I just started this semester. So September. Yeah. Yeah. And I also uh, teach at a Hamilton Garrett Music and Arts Academy. Um, This is my second year with them. And those are younger, like middle high school age. Um, But yes, my first semester at Harvard. What made you want to get into teaching? Um, I think... I, I just love, I love seeing people have that aha moment. Like I said before, even when I was younger, (laughs) my friends, I would try to teach them to sing, even though they had no interest in singing. And they're like, all right, Zahia, like nobody cares how I sound. I'm not going on stage, but if you really want to explain this concept to me, you can. And I just had fun, you know, teaching them how to breathe, how to hit a note a little bit better. Um, and anytime I got them to improve, I felt like, you know, dusting off my shoulders a little bit. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) So I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So this is just like a a fun thing I want to ask you as Mm -hmm. far as vocal warmups go. When I was in middle school, we all had to do like choir and whatnot. Um, I, and we did these warmups and a lot of them were like, like types of stuff like that. And then the other one that I always remember, and I want to know, is this like a common thing or just did our teacher make this up? Don't laugh. Don't laugh. <laughs> there are a lot of weird warm-ups, so I am not. You're good. Oh, 
Repatica. That's what Interesting. <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> <local> warm ups. <laughs> I'm always curious about teachers doing vocal warm ups that are whispers. Um, yeah, what, how does that help? Well, I think like that's just the one that I think was the funniest because I think we did it at different volumes. So that was like we do like a loud one and then we do like a regular and then we go like. <laughs> so uh, that was ah, okay. And, that sounds like that was just fun. It mm. was fun. I know. It was fun. <laughs> I want to go back. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I, I had a good vocal warm up in my pocket, but I guess not. <laughs> Well, I, um, I can't immediately think of like, unless it was just like to get you guys to concentrate and get your focus there. Um, Cause Very I think young. sometimes, how old were you? It was middle school age. So between like 10 and 12, yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So sometimes like at that age, they'll bring up warmups that may not like be the most rewarding for your voice, but they help get you focused and get the energy out and all that stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I did, yeah. That yeah, certainly wasn't to mock vocal warm-ups. I just remember it being like funny and I was like, is this also real? Because sometimes they are. I always think of like in the high school musical when they were going like ma, ma at each other. That always cracked me up. Um, there are a lot of weird warm-ups that have a really great purpose. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, that's why I always encourage my students to warm up in privacy because if you know people are watching you, you might be scared they're judging you. Like, what mm -hmm. the heck are they doing? In there? Yeah. And they don't always sound pretty, contrary to popular belief. Warm ups don't always sound like I do a lot of funny sounding warm ups with my students, and the first time they have me, like sometimes they laugh, they can't get the warm up out because they're like, they're self-conscious so <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah how is that that must be like a whole nother obstacle of like you you mentioned trying to get the obstacles out of the way of like because i i've found that i like to do open mics and like go on stage i don't think that i'm like you know i don't think i'm like a good singer but i think it's fun to do that but sometimes if someone's like hey sing that song like i've heard you sing it before but now i'm like uh, oh no right now i'm like ah the acoustics are all off i don't know it's the, the acoustics yeah like yeah, had a sore throat for a month and a half. Yeah, <laughs> and now now there are expectations, right? And once now, oh, oh I, I I know that that all too well. Um, I can say that my journey was a complicated one, still kind of is, um, because um, in high school I was known as like one of the best singers in the school and all that other good stuff. And then I got to college, and all these weird things started happening to my voice, and I didn't know why. And I, it wasn't until like years later that I discovered that I had a, a, a form of reflux called laryngopharyngeal reflux, which is like regular acid reflux instead of, except that the acid hits my throat and burns my vocal cords. Wow. So when I go to sleep and, and I wake up hoarse, that is why, because I was very confused. I was like, am I overusing my voice? What's happening here? And I realized like, even when I wasn't singing, somehow I still randomly wound up hoarse and my, I couldn't use my voice right and it would randomly crack and all these weird things would happen that were outside of my control. Um, and I had to learn how to sing with that. And so when I was singing, before I learned how to manage that, that was hard for me because people had these expectations of me from high school. I was flawless, I was this, I was that. And now I have to deal with this issue that I haven't conquered yet. 
Um, and I think that's probably another thing that that led me to want to teach too, to help students deal with those types of struggles, because I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. <laughs> um, but it, it forced me to kind of get to know my voice a lot better because I had no choice but to conquer it. So, yeah. I don't even remember what the question was. That was long winded, but <laughs> yeah, no. Well, basically, it was about that that stage fright of like uh, so singers. You see, like someone will just get up there and they'll sing in front of a small group of people, intimately a cappella, and you're like, wow. I just like to be asked to do that and do it and do it well and have people not feel like because when it's going well and you're the third pers- party perspective watching it, you're like, wow, they're so confident and they love it. I wish I could do that, but when you're the yeah. person in that moment, it gives you the the anxiety that you're thinking that everyone thinks I suck and no one's saying it, you know, and things like that. Do you have like any tips for younger singers to, to get over that? Or is it just something you sort of have to, is it just experience? Like you just get, keep getting through it. It's a mixture of both. You need experience, but you also need some tools. Um, I think every performer or every good performer has something that they do before they hit the stage to kind of help them calm down and go out. My thing right now is I, I have a conversation with myself um, about why I'm there and how I'm going to kill it. I kind of talk myself up, which is why I don't, I don't necessarily like too much commotion around me right before I'm about to go on stage. It's like, it's okay if it happens a few minutes before, but, but as we get closer, I need, I need my moment by myself to just, (laughs) to have my Zen. Um, and, and that's, that's really important. And also I do struggle with anxiety. So I, I need that, right? To calm everything down so I can get that inner peace so that it doesn't follow me on stage. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it's a mixture of that and also experience because if you don't have any practice dealing with your anxiety or practice getting out there, it's always gonna feel like this insurmountable obstacle that you'll never be able to conquer. What are some uh, what are some remedies that you use to maintain a good singing voice? Do you drink tea? Like what, oh, yeah. what, what? What is the key? You drink tea? Tea. Um, you know, so <laughs> it, it's so funny you ask this because I'm listening to myself now and thinking about the things I ate before this interview and how I shouldn't have eaten them because I can hear them <laughs> <before> now. Uh, <laughs> but in general, only you would notice that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, you're supposed to stay away from spicy food. Okay. Like not what I just ate. Um, and uh, stay away from dairy, drink tea, drink water, room temperature. Room temperature, um, not cold. Yeah, you don't want to freeze your vocal cords. Um, okay. And um, yeah, better, better movement. Have you guys ever seen what the vocal cords look like? I don't think so. Uh, no. Ooh, you have to look it up. <laughs> It looks Can we like pull this vagina. up? Yeah, I'm gonna pull yeah. it up one second. It, right. it looks like a vagina. Um, <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> um, it, it, it's very cool. Um, but yeah, drink tea, drink water, um, stay away from a lot of sugary things. That's my vice is I love sugar, I love chocolate, and I love juice, which can have a lot of sugar in it, which is mm. bad. Yes. Oh, wow. So, those are the vocal cords. And um, as you sing and you speak, they move like this. 
Okay. So what happens when you get a cold or you get sick or whatever, they get swollen. And so they don't move as well. Um, and that's why your voice gets, that's why your voice gets deeper because the thicker the chords are just like an instrument, the deeper the sound. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I, I have to send you guys. I can't believe I'm just seeing this now. I feel like I should have seen vocal cords already. Yeah. Those, those are what your vocal cords look like. Paralysis. So guys, keep an eye out for these. Oh, I, I had a, a mild form of paralysis and that's one of the reasons I discovered my reflux. Okay. So, so do polyps form on these? Yes. When people get vocal polyps. Ah, I had so a Adele. Get this. Yeah. Adele, when she had to get that surgery, when she had polyps, that's, that's what she had. It was on her vocal cords. So what happens is you're, you're are people going to see the video or no? Uh, they they'll see that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they'll see the video. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if I was doing this for no reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so when your vocal cords are just moving like this, right? Yeah. In order for the sound to come out nice and clean and clear and to have a lot of um, power behind it, the vocal cords need to be able to touch consistently. When you get a polyp, now they can't, right? Okay. And so that's what creates the raspiness and the, the lack of control. Okay. And so if you keep singing over that, it's gonna get worse and worse to the point where either you have surgery or you just lose your voice. You just, <laughs> oh, am I scaring you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Owen's in his head now. Because <laughs> Steven Tyler had polyps, right? I think Steven Tyler had polyps. Uh, I remember- uh, Is it common for singers? I think um, voice a lot, right? It seems to happen. It's it's a mixture of if you overuse your voice or if you don't use your voice well. So mm. people that scream a lot. I could see that happening Tyler. to Steven Tyler. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was about to say, when you said Steven Tyler, I was like, like well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the teacher that I'm thinking of that got polyps also yelled a lot. So I think that's what it is. Don't yell. Yeah. Soft yeah. And so um, in Adele's case, because Adele has a beautiful voice and I don't want to get too technical here, but um, she tends to take her chest voice, her, her shouty chest voice sound and, and, and use it up a little too high. Whereas most singers, when they're trying to belt in their higher register, they'll switch into something called a mixed voice, which gives the appearance of shouting without using your full voice. And she doesn't really have access to that part of her voice. So she has no choice but to use her full chest register up there, which is can be kind of taxing on the vocal cords. So wow, that's, that's my theory as to why that happened. But I love Adele. I love her voice. You got to love Adele. <laughs> Adele's a good kid. She yeah. definitely does sing from her chest, though. Now that you mentioned yeah. it. When, now that you mention it, like when I think about it, like even when she hits the high notes, you can tell she's singing from her chest. It's not just like like other What's people. It's just is that the same as like using your diaphragm or is like the um well you should be using your diaphragm no matter what register you're singing in. But there are oh look at me giving a lesson on, on a yeah, podcast. This is so fun. We're we're intrigued so, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there are three main vocal registers that people use. There's head voice, which is what we use in opera. So, um, that's head voice. So it resonates 
in your head. (laughs) Then there's something called chest voice, which is used in a lot of contemporary sounds. So like Adele, um, hello, it's me. That really thick, Mm -hmm. um, round sound. And then there's a mix, which is, um, who uses a mix? Like Ariana Grande, it's like a lighter sound. It's, um, I can't think of an example. What what are her songs? (laughs) I don't know any Ariana Grande songs. Um, what is it? I don't know. It's something about daylight. You're getting it though. I see. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's like silent night, holy night. You see, it's like it's it's somewhere in the middle of those sounds. Gotcha. So you can use that sound to belt without it being so taxing on your voice. And so um, most pop singers or singers that sing high, they tend to go into that mixed sound to create that sound. <laughs> Whereas Adele, um, if you haven't developed your mixed voice yet, um, you kind of have no choice but to use chest everywhere. And so Adele kind of does that, which I think um, if you're doing that night after night, show after show, if she wasn't a professional singer, she it probably wouldn't matter, but with the demanding schedule that you know she has, I think um, it's it's just harder. You're more likely to have problems, I think. Hmm. So basically, yeah. Adele's got work to do. That's what it's. Like. <laughs> yeah, she de- <laughs> it definitely. It sounds like her. It sounds like her career is not going to last too much longer. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, hopefully she you know looks to some of the people around her to get some training to develop that part of her voice so that she can use it without having to you know yeah. do so much yeah and i'm sure she's got the right team behind her um, yeah so this is sort of in the same vein of que- a question we had asked before uh, with the show preparation but i always ask this uh is there like a certain like you mentioned the meals like is there a certain meal or a, a beverage or something you would have before a show like to make sure your voice and everything was was right and you you know, everything would, you wouldn't be thinking about that part of things. Yeah. So I'll drink alkaline water or, um, if my voice is a little irritated, I'll have green tea or I'll take a little, uh, spoonful of apple cider vinegar and put it in a table, uh, a, a cup of water and I'll drink that, which doesn't taste that great. But if I'm having any reflux or anything, it calms it right down. Um, and I also have the opposite almost with the vinegar. That's interesting. But that helps. Yeah. So the interesting thing is the acidity in the apple cider vinegar counteracts the acidity in the body. I don't. I don't know why it does, but it does. I trust it. Um, I trust it. Yeah. And so I do that, and I also have. I have a straw that I use for vocal warmups that helps um, make sure everything's loose and feeling good. Oh, I have seen those before. Yeah, it's yeah. like, um, I mean, it can, they sell them as well, but I think you can just use a, a, any straw, I think, right? And th- is that supposed to just for breath control? Because that I imagine is far more important in singing in opera. Like people talk about it in hip hop with measuring your bars. Yeah. And rap, so it must be way more important with, yeah, it, it does help with breath control. It helps with the regulation of air too, um, because when you sing, you don't want to use too much air when you sing because it 
prevents the vocal cords from closing fully and they get irritated. Um, and it also helps like if you're a horse or anything and you want to like even out the voice. So, yeah. So you have a pretty good understanding of how that all works. Like, I feel like a lot of people just sing and they don't really know what's going on inside their body. Like, they, you know, they don't know how it all works exactly. But I feel yeah. like it's important, like, you know, like you do to have that that knowledge so you know what you should be drinking or, you know, what you should do before a show. Yeah, I think part of that, part of that is definitely the classical background. I think classical singers in general are expected to have a little bit um, of a more nuanced understanding of the voice than contemporary singers because yeah. there's just a, a very specific way we have to know how to use our voice. Right. Um, and then I think the other part of that is because of the struggles that I've had with reflux and other things that I've had to learn about. I had no choice but to to learn, okay, what's going on in my throat and how can I yeah. remedy it? <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking like, I feel like more contemporary singers and even rappers like could benefit from knowing more about their voice, you know? Oh, yeah. absolutely. How many people have told us, we asked the same question and they just say, I get fucked up. And that's just like- <laughs> When we ask them what they have before a show, <laughs> yeah. They're just like, I get drunk. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good. Yeah, not the best. Thing. Not, <laughs> not the best. The, it helps with stage fright. I think I think for some people it does. <laughs> and I mean, there are some people who can do things with their voice their whole life and never see any anything happen. So I mean, yeah, you know, there are great singers who smoke cigarettes. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but so, their voice is you, it's different. It's a diff it's it not is. as smooth. It, it, it is different. Um, so, so everybody's kind of impacted a different way, but there are definitely certain things that increase your chance of, of, of doing damage. Right. I will say, speaking of Columbia, <laughs> so one time when I was in Columbia, I had a brownie. Didn't know I wasn't supposed to eat the whole thing. <laughs> All those calories. And I, oh no, I mean like an edible brownie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, wound up, <laughs> I wound up giving this impromptu concert on Facebook Live, and my friend was recording me. I didn't know I was on Facebook Live, by the way. I thought she was recording no me on her phone so that she could watch, so we could watch it later. Oh, um, and she has it on Facebook Live, just in our little tra travel group. Thankfully, it wasn't everybody. But oh man, it being uh, having uh, being under the influence does influence how you sing. I will say that I was a little bit more loose. <laughs> How'd you do though? <laughs> um, I think I was entertaining uh, more than anything because I would start a song and then stop in the middle of the phrase and start talking and then start singing again. And people were like, what? Yeah, that's, that's like contemporary jazz. Just move into the beat of your own drum. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was gone. <laughs> so brownies, edibles, not recommended. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> No, not for singing. How many countries did you go to? You mentioned that was a travel group. Was it just for that Columbia trip or was it? Uh, no. So it was a year abroad, four countries, three months each. So we went to Czech Republic, Thailand, South Africa, and Colombia. It was very, very cool. Yeah. Huh? Who was the coolest? Who was the coolest? I think my favorite 
my favorite was South Africa because um, there was just so much to do. Every week there was something to do. They had um, on Thursdays, there were these like art sip events that you could go to or you could look at the local artists and their work. And then there was always like a music thing to go to and this and that. It's just, and then the social life was just amazing. Yeah. Where in South Africa? Um, Cape Town. Cape Town? I've been to Cape Town. This oh, yeah? Really yeah. This just came um, up on the podcast that will have come out just before this. Week. Yeah. I just mentioned this recently on a podcast. Trip to South my Africa, sister, yeah. this was like a while ago. Uh, my sister, after high school, took a, a year off, like a gap year and um, went over to work in South Africa, like at a at a hotel. So I went and visited her for like a couple of weeks. It was yeah. a good time. Yeah, I loved it. And I, I loved Cape to... Town. Oh, yeah. Cape so Town's beautiful. Couple. It's beautiful. And I was living on the Table Mountain. Table Mountain. Oh, yeah. I love it. The clouds yeah. roll over it. It's so nice. Yeah. I loved it there. If I if I had to move anywhere, I probably would move there. Yeah. If you could move anywhere, you'd move to South Africa? I think so. Okay. I've also lived in um I lived in Ghana for a little while when I was studying abroad in college. Oh, okay. Um and I and I loved it there too, but I don't know if I would want to work there. So if I lived there, it'd probably be retirement. But um, South Africa also has a lot going on in the music scene, the film scene. I don't know if you guys know about South Africa Netflix, but they have some good shows. I do and not. So, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's something I'm trying to do, too, is uh, break into some foreign markets, um, because that's a cool, cool way to get exposure as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so funny. I we literally we talked all the same talk topics came up came up on our previous podcast we were uh talking about how i and this is my opinion as well like if you're an upcoming artist uh of course you want to grow your following in your hometown that's like everybody wants the organic upbringing of my hometown support uh but the allure of being somebody else in another place like you go there and you're the person from out of town and that's like someone might go see you and you get a couple fans you do that in many other places it's yeah i think just Mm. smart marketing and uh and there's a chance you could you could you know they will they'll gravitate more towards you somewhere else than they do in your hometown it happens sometimes like yeah there's a chance you could blow up somewhere else rather than your hometown it doesn't have to be your hometown yeah yeah that you're going on tour in other places or maybe not tour but you're performing in other places with any success and then they'll be like what if i've been missing at home right exactly everyone's there exactly yeah it's there's so much psychology behind it but yeah i've I've said this a few times i think it's i mean i'm certain it's certainly not my idea but i think it's one of those things that i i definitely think it's important for people to do and i do think a lot of people get caught up and like i want to perform at the middle east get me up at the middle east as soon as possible but like you know you go somewhere else there's so many places yeah and they might be agreed take a risk Agreed. Yeah. And there, there definitely is a lot of psychology behind that as well. I, I found that people, and this is one reason people, I think, pay a lot of attention to celebrities. If, if people feel like you're too a- approachable or too available, for some reason, it's not as uh, appealing. <laughs> Versus that if, is there's true. Some, if there's some distance, if you feel a little bit like untouchable. That is so true. <laughs> 
it's crazy how true that is. Like, there's certain people that even I like a couple years ago is like, oh, that person's like untouchable. And now I run into them all the time. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I still think highly of them, but I'm not like as in awe of them. You know, I'm just like, they're just another person because yeah. in the scene, in the local scene, especially everyone bumps into each other eventually. And you realize yeah. we're all just humans. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it is interesting. And I think the respect grows in a different way there once you realize we are all just humans trying to make it in different capacities yeah. in the same yeah. place. So just sort of yeah. like bring the curtains down that way. So it's not always a bad thing in that like, oh, the pedestal that I had you on before. It's like we're all peers really is what it is. So Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. And we got to help each other. Yeah. That's what it's all other. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said before about like trying to grow that scene now, I mean, like we're trying to do this with the podcast and getting artists and, and we have, uh, we've dipped our toes in putting a show on before. And it's the type of thing that I think we need more of that people building each other up in this area, mm-hmm. in addition to that travel aspect too, like we were saying. So, um, and there's so many people out there that are, are not so many, there are now beginning to be so many people that are, I think like giving you opportunities to do that. We've had We've talked about Bedlam, um, who's he's helping right now doing big things with Smoke Bulger in his marketing capacity. So uh, we need those outlets. So we're trying to create them locally. More outlets. That's what we need. Yeah, for sure. And you'll get there. I can already see it. We're working on it. We're playing the long game. It's a process. That's that's the only (laughs) game. That's the only game that wins. I know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you're right about that. Well, Jack, are you from are you from here? You're from Boston? I am from the South Shore. I'm not from Boston. I'm from Hingham, Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm I'm listening to exactly, exactly. And I keep this, I'm like, wow, he really pronounces these words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> so you say you're saying I don't sound like I'm from Boston. No. <laughs> I, I was I was just wondering if that okay. If that was, influenced by anything but maybe you just really like to pronounce your words i'm not mad at it i think that's i like great. to be well spoken you know i try <laughs> i kept hearing i was like exactly because you know most people say exactly yeah. but he's like yeah no, I'm gonna no, i guess i do say it like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i love it i love it before, yeah. <laughs> voice, voice teachers would love you oh good good so can we get any Zakia merch anywhere? Yes, you can get merch on my website, Zakia, Z-A-K-I-Y-Y-A-H, official.com. Yes. Awesome. All right. Okay, Zakia, official.com. I have yeah, bags. Have not yeah, you know no. Do you material yourself? Oh, child, no. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm creative in a lot of ways, but I do not design or anything like that. Um, I use good old fashioned Fiverr. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Fiverr. It's an online marketplace where you can find freelance artists and stuff. Um, To use Fiverr more often. Oh, yeah. Looking for a graphic designer a while back and a few people. Do you know about Fiverr, Owen? I do, yeah, I know. Oh, okay. It was doing like trans. It's like Upworthy. I'm not familiar or, with not it. Not Upworthy. Uh, Upwork. I don't know what Upworthy okay. is. Okay. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like the freelance version of Etsy. So Etsy, you okay. buy products. All right. Fiverr, you buy services. 
Um, gotcha. and so, uh, so five, I went on a Fiverr, got some designs. Um, I think the guy that made some of them is in, actually in like Pakistan. Um, okay. Anyway, but he made some cool designs and I did not have to pay an arm and a leg for it. So I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's <laughs> all you can ask for. Yeah. And that's another thing. I, we got to utilize people who are willing to do like, you know, that I'm sure that person was more willing to work for experience and cause isn't Fiverr the concept is like, Oh, five bucks to do something for me. Like a, a tag. Yeah. You can find things for really affordable prices. Now, of course, you're going to want to look at the reviews for each person. Right. Yeah. Of course. But um, if they have good reviews and their work looks good, then yeah, I've had pretty positive um, experiences with them. All right, we need to look into that then. We do. I was not aware of this. We literally, yeah. there are people that I am not naming any names, but they know who they are. They know who they are. I you looking at me? At, no, I'm staring at them. They're, oh, okay. They, they watch this video. <laughs> so, they, <laughs> um, they, so I like gave somebody money once to, to help us do a design and they just like stopped answering me. And I was like, bro, we went to school together. We used to hang out. Like I was Did like- you ever get your money back? They call this person did call me like a couple months ago, and I just was like, it's not even worth it anymore. I just think oh my gosh! So yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Even people you think you know. So I might go find a nice, friendly stranger from whatever country wants to make a graphic design. As long as the reviews are good, they're more trustworthy yeah. than whoever your friend was. Yeah, and the good no. thing about Fiverr is that, like, because it's a, it's a a site that has accountability in other places. Like um, if something goes wrong, you can make a complaint about it. You know what I mean? If they don't deliver or something and there's a certain deadline they have to meet. So right. most things, mo most services you can get in three to five days. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is I a good ad for Fiverr right now. Yeah, I know. We're shouting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. We'll clip this out on Instagram and tag them in it. Yes. Like, come on, Fiber, you need a new sponsor. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yeah, so you you had this person design your your merch and everything, and so. It's yeah, I mean. Shirts. So actually, they didn't do every everything. I do have a friend. Um, Rion Johnson, who uh, who designed a couple of designs for me, um, that um, actually I'm I'm going to put out soon that are related to the song. It's for Rise, a shirt, a t-shirt. Um, but then I have bags. I have socks, which are hilarious to me. Um, I have sweatshirts. Um, yeah. It, 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 especially for this cold weather that we're facing now mm -hmm. people yeah, want to stay warm yeah to collect everyone's merch so i'm you're gonna definitely get some purchases soon yeah we need to load up on merch oh yeah that's what I'm yeah. talking about. I always one thing i will oh i'm sorry i was just gonna say i can't decide between sweatshirts and t-shirts I'm, I'm a white tee guy but i like sweatshirts too it's hoodie season now though it is hoodie season now yeah so i feel like i gotta do that yeah, yeah. One thing I will say, if you all have any recommendations, that is I am looking for a new uh, hosting site, if you will, to put to to make the merch. Um, because I've been using Printful, and they're very expensive. 
Okay. Oh, so it's and because like, they're you expensive, don't, you I'm don't expensive. have the merch on hand. They like print it as it's ordered. They print it as it's ordered and they ship it oh, out because okay. I do not have time. <laughs> That's well, actually way easier, actually. It is way easier. It just means that I have to I have to charge people more in order to make yeah. a profit. So right. that's the thing that, that sucks about it. So yeah. And also I feel like at that point you, you also have to trust whatever like t-shirt brand you're getting. Like I'm sure you know what it is, but like it's one of those things you almost have to like have seen it first because we've gotten some people's merch where it like falls apart or shrinks and meet like so small and you're like, how did it shrink this much? Like, I don't know how some. No, my stuff, thankfully, they're, they're good quality. And I do try to order stuff for myself beforehand so I can see what other people are getting. So That's <laughs> the I don't key, think yeah. they're coming back on my name. Nope. Right. Yeah. We yeah. have a shop up on Shopify, and I feel like they do a print and a direct to print thing, but I don't think it's cheap. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Things. It costs a lot extra. So I don't know. Yeah, sound off in the comments if you know who has the cheapest way yes. to print, print your merch immediately. <laughs> print and ship. Let me know. There's like a name for that. But, print on uh, demand or something. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. yeah. Someone's gonna have that service, but someone's gonna someone do it. But if you just buy your own t-shirt press, I think that is. I've actually it's probably very expensive. expensive. <laughs> I've looked into it, and it is profitable. It's the the biggest cost is your time, from what I understand. Like I think really? you have one press, you can do one T-shirt at a time. So you have to have like the same design on one screen, and if you're doing like multiple designs with multiple layers, you'd have like several screens that you would put on like just for one shirt, and then like you gotta get another one, you and then like let it dry, and you 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 would basically have to take like a warehouse to do it all yourself. Okay. Like days and days time. From yeah. What I understand. That's what it sounds like. I knew it was too good to be true. Yeah. That's the one thing I'm trying to spare is my time. That's right. Exactly. One thing we, that's the one thing we all don't have enough of these days. Exactly. <laughs> I'm out here explaining the t shirt logistics, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's all right. I love it. There's so much that goes into being an artist. So much. Yeah. We've learned that. I didn't realize it. I mean, as bef when I joined this podcast, I thought it was mostly about the music, but there's so much that goes into it. Like, it's crazy. So the music is just such, that's the first step. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And then there's so many steps after that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's multiple of yeah. steps. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Even from a legal perspective, like the process I've been going through to try to trademark certain things or, you know, get certain things protected. There's like so much behind it, mm -hmm. but it, it's important though, you know? And I think that's one thing that I wish I, I knew more about as I was younger, because there's always an emphasis on learning your craft and not learning the business part. Yeah. But that's just as if not more important, because there are people who know the business side that don't have a lot of talent and they excel like this because they know yes. how to market they know how to brand and all the they know yeah. how to network and yeah and then the people who have all the talent but have none of those skills are getting mad because they're like why is this guy with no talent you know what why is he getting more views than me it's like because he's better at the other things yeah 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 <laughs> exactly. it is a popularity contest sometimes which i hate yeah. i hate to say it but i mean that's like just what life is unfortunately it <laughs> like is all of life is a popularity contest so it does sort of boil down to that sometimes but the talent does shine through when you see it. So it's one of those things that when, when it does come, it comes hard, but it's like mm -hmm. the, the thing of 
where like obviously the marketing is is huge and people want to see that's why we see all these people with with hollow styles sometimes get to the top 40 and you're like oh that's fun and catchy yeah. but where's the depth so you know it is it's, it's it. true that's why i'm trying to be someone who has both both exactly <laughs> you have both no one can stop you exactly because then you're gonna then you're gonna shoot to the top and then you're gonna maintain it because maintain yes and that's yeah. another thing people sometimes people who rush to get to the top they don't figure out they, how they to fall off you. exactly and, and what's the point of that whereas somebody who took years you know learning the, the different steps and everything they're more prepared once they get to the top they're more prepared to to stay there because they oh, know we'll talk about this with GIs right? with GIs I was gonna say we definitely talked about this recently yeah because it's like if you take the elevator the doors open up and you might not be ready yet so you're yes gonna... that's what it was what that's what it was what, you when you take an elevator the doors open up and you have to get off right then like but when you take the stairs you can decide when it's time for you to it was mm. something like that oh I love that yeah yeah and you get the exercise of the stairs. So how, how cool is that? Yes. <laughs> you're, exactly. you're in better shape. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. That, that, that analogy, that I love analogy it. goes very far. I'm, it I'm does. That. Shout I'm out to GIs for that one. Shout out for sure. I love that. All right. Um, yeah, we won't we won't keep you all night. So we got ZakiaOfficial.com. Yes. For the merch. Uh, we have our... I, you're Zakia official on Instagram as well. Is that all? Mm -hmm. Zakia underscore official. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We'll put that up on screen. Um, and yeah, so we got stuff coming out in January. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. African import mm -hmm. and no shows yet, but keep an eye out. Yeah. I'll be doing some private things here and there. Um, but in terms okay. of public shows, I will keep you all private things as in like, do we get um, an invite? Uh, well, no, private things have been not my private events. Oh, okay. Other private events have been oh, okay, okay. performing. Right. <laughs> okay, we'll do. We'll get uh, press passes. We'll figure it out. We'll do yeah, that. we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, thank you. We're looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, everybody, keep an eye out for Zakia. Zakia, yes. rise thank out now, having. definitely. Check out the new single. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank awesome. you for coming on. This was awesome. No, oh, thank you for having me. You guys asked great questions, great conversation. I just had a blast. I didn't even feel you like I was. Easy. You made yeah. it easy. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we're trying. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Of course.